<laughs> What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in once again to the Unofficial Therapy Podcast. This is Chris Kane. I got my girl Reese on the pod today. What's up, girl? What's up? What's up? You know, so happy chilling. to be here. Thanks happy, for all, thanks the opportunity. I'm happy to have you. Uh, I, I want to first by start by shouting out your company. You see Word. the logo. Oh, you hey. got the hat. I got the shirt on. We're going to get more sure. into that later on because obviously we want to make sure that people know what you're up to, know what you're about. But we got to start with something like, let's get into the J. Cole two-pack. How do you it. feel about it? How do you feel? Man, I don't even know how to feel. Sometimes <laughs> he just comes with some shit sometimes that it's just like, it takes you a while to digest it. So I think I've heard, I think off the first listen, I was like, oh my God, my boy's back. You yeah. know that, that yeah. dude, Supreme Dreams, is that what his name is? Yeah, yeah. The, the, the comedian? Yeah. And he's like, J. Cole? J. Cole? <laughs> what I'm talking about? That's exactly how I felt, bro. And good. then after I was able to digest it, um, I went back to an interview that he had talking about hunger and how over time doing something for so long. And I mean, you know, we all can relate with our careers and what we're doing. Sometimes sure. you lose focus and you lose hunger, you lose passion or whatever it is. So he had to recenter himself. And I think you really hear it on both of those tracks, like, I haven't heard him in his back like that in a while. Listen, I was so hyped. I've been a Cole fan since the come up. So yep. I, this is a long time coming. And I actually didn't mind Snow on the Bluff. A lot of people had their way about it. I thought it got I overblown. It. I thought it was a great song. It got overblown. So I was like, man, if he don't come back with something strong, they already yeah. got the door open to kick him out. Like, hey, Cole, we already, after all he gave the game, they was yeah. already trying to get him out. Like, don't throw Cole out. And yep. then, then when I heard it. Then when, then when I heard that beat for the climb back come on, I was just like, okay, this is going to be something. This yeah. going to be something. And then once it started rolling, I was like, I just found myself smiling. You know what yeah. smile? You don't smile at rap. I was like, <laughs> I was sitting there cheesing. Like, I was low-key proud of him, even though, like, he's a rock star. I'm, like, proud of him, like, he didn't yeah. let the naysayers, like, take, take him down. Because a lot of people, when you start getting backlash, your music is shaky. You start right. trying to like do too much in a public sphere. Like, look at me, I'm a good guy. And he just was like, let me go back to the lab. 100%. Make the music. I was, I was talking about that too. Like, I'm just proud of dude. Like I've been watching his career just like, I mean, we used to talk about it all the time back in the yeah. day. We've, we've been following him for forever. So to like see someone who opens up so much, you almost feel like you know him, like he's the homie. Like yeah. really just proud of him for getting to this level. And the naysayers is a big, people really got to learn how to like tune shit out, you know, because like what you think about me is none of my business. I think that's how people really need to, I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't want to speak for everyone, but I encourage people to move. You're on the pod. You can say what you want. (laughs) You can say what you want. This is how y'all should think. All right. Let me, for me personally, here's here's what I I realized too, is that you got to have thick skin in any arena you're getting into, right? If you, if you, especially if it's entertainment related, because sure. you can literally be the top of the mountain and then a week or a month later, people try to throw you into the prison. We've seen it with Kevin Hart where he was this guy. And then they say, oh, we found this tweet from 10 years ago. And it was like, he was a pariah overnight. And then we've right. seen people that like the year before Sandra Bullock won best actress, she got like the worst actress award for this movie yeah. that went like straight to DVD. Then she did the blind yeah. side and got the Oscar. And it was like, y'all said I couldn't act. And now I just won best actress. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so how do you how do you go from that extreme to that like in an instant? And now she's seen as a credible actress, even though people were like, 
and it can happen overnight. Like it doesn't take much, but you gotta when people start throwing stuff at you and say you're not talented, Absolutely, say you're just whatever, you just keep pushing. You just you keep just pushing. Just like keep pushing. And in the, the 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 age that we live in, this era of just social media and like keyboard warriors just typing like people just go on your page just to hate bro like Isn't that crazy it's crazy i'm like you're taking time <laughs> out of your day investing your energy to hate on me like damn i, I almost appreciate it. it like thank you bro <laughs> Listen, the, the comment section is america it is amazing it's like crazy. it'll be a video that's like hey guys let's just all unite and somebody be in the comments hey man you trash i remember that one thing you did in high school <laughs> it's like wait a minute why are you like, bringing that salt to crazy, otherwise like pure situation? Like it is, it gets, it gets, it gets racist real fast in comment sections. For sure. It could be two white people in the video. I'll tell you a funny story. You're going to laugh sure. at this shit. I'm ready to hear um, Well, I just started like um, making music and I've been writing for a while. I finally like put myself out there, made an Instagram page. I've been dropping like, all my writings and stuff or whatever. So <clears throat> I decided to record myself like rapping, which is something that if you know me, like I'm super reserved, like I don't really yeah. let people in and I'm starting to put myself out there. And I said, fuck it, I'm gonna record it. I'm gonna put it out there. Right. And like one of my boys that I follow, Chai Diddy's 026 on Instagram, mm -hmm. dope page. Um, he posted my post and it was crazy. The comment section, dude, like, People talking about like, oh, why are you white with dreads? Like they look like dog tails and calling me a cracker and shit. I'm like, yo, I'm not even white, bro. Like, like I, I'm, I'm first bad. of all, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? Just listen to the message. So it's- fluent Spanish, like get off my back. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. And I mean, I can't attest to, to having experienced racism on that level, like that most people have. Um, sure but I can definitely understand and put myself in their shoes. But being from Miami and being Hispanic, you don't really feel it that much until you, you know, kind of leave and, and go away. Um, but I think it's just, when it comes to social media, people just want to hate, dude. Like, I don't know why, I don't understand it. Psychologically, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. Just in general, like hating on someone else, like you got way too much to worry about, dude. Why are you hating on other people? I think there's a lot of sadness out there. And listen, we've all, we were all in grade school at some point. Like if someone, if someone raised their hand in school and said the wrong answer, the whole class laughed. Well, For sure. But no one else had the confidence to raise their hand. Like we laughed at this person who got the wrong answer, but you didn't have the confidence to even put yourself in the game. And that keeps going as we get older. We don't stop being those people. The person yeah. that says the wrong word, they're like, they, they misspeak or maybe they like, put the wrong tense on it. You're like, actually it's this, like it's something, <laughs> it's not there with the knee. It's actually, it's like we get, there's some empowerment thing to tear somebody else down because we feel somewhat superior. And it starts as a kid. And unless you work to get that exercised out, it just kind of keeps going. That's why people love to see celebrities fall off. They love to see the pretty girl get fat. The guy with abs, you know, like fall off a little bit. It's like, oh man, you used to be a sex symbol. Look at you now. You got a dad bod. It's like, what shape are you in? And why do you, why does it even matter what shape I'm in? Yeah, it's just projection, bro. People project all their shit onto other people. And it's true, you have a point because most, I feel like most of the times the haters you see in the comments and stuff, they're all kids, man. Like they're like 15 year old kids just like trolling. Vicious. <laughs> they're vicious. Right? These kids are yeah, savage. <laughs> These kids are savages, yo. Like we they're weren't good. like this. 
I don't remember it like being These like kids be like, wow, they be pulling out arrows. Oh. I'm like, dude, you're 14. How do you even know this many words? <laughs> like these kids be pulling stuff out. They like, yo, I found your high school graduation photo. Like, how? I don't even have that. <laughs> Where'd you get that from? These boys are murderous, and they and they just they can do all that stuff and then get on their online game, and just kind of keep moving. Yeah. You're none the wiser. You can't track them down. They're better at it than you are. A hundred percent. But it's true. You can't let yourself dive into any of that because it doesn't say anything about you. It just says more about them. Right. You gotta like. like you, you gotta said, rise above it. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think the, I think the biggest key with all that stuff though is like if you're not centered in yourself and we were talking about this in a pre-show meeting where yourself is like you're the center of your own universe and we're within a larger universe right so people coming at you is your own universe but if your universe isn't centered in something strong then people's voices and people's opinions can knock you off your center and now you're all over the place and you're really a victim of whatever you hear and what people are saying about you and to you and because you don't have anything to kind of feel good about if you're rooted in something good you know you're going to get good and bad. No one's as good as the best person thinks they are, and no one's as bad as the worst person thinks they are. There was always somewhere in the middle. So if you're letting the good comments make you, like, euphoric and the bad comments depressive, that means that your center's off. It doesn't – you can talk – you can say what you want about the depressive people, but if you're good, them trying to talk bad about you, yo, I don't, I don't like your music. You're like, that's cool. This is my expression. It won't wow. knock you off. You say, you don't like my music. Should I stop making music and stuff? That's not good. Yeah, 100%. And to speak on that, um, the whole being centered in self, it's kind of, and I, I can't take credit for this because um, there's a video. I don't know if you know who King Los is, the rapper. Yeah, yeah. I've seen King Los. He, he, has a, he has a video where he talks about this and he explains how um, they, they kind of brain train us to think that being self-centered is, is off and wrong. Mm. But when you're self-centered, all you are is centered in self. Obviously, you don't need to be a dick. That's a, that's a bar, though. I see that. I see. I see what he did there. Yeah, like you know, there. you don't, you don't need to, you know, you can still. The way he kind of explains it is like, how can you be an extension to others if you're not even an extension to yourself? Mm. So if you can find that balance within yourself and you can be centered within yourself, then you can extend to others and be an extension for them in whatever aspect. That's but good. yeah. I agree a hundred percent. If you're centered within yourself and you're cemented and your foundation of self is, is strong. Anything anyone says isn't, it's just going to bounce off. And I mean, we're human. So there might be some, you know, yeah. somebody will cut through every now and again. Like, Ooh, that, one, that, that one got me. <laughs> like, yeah, that one got me. Got me in a rib but, on that one. Just like, <laughs> but this whole, I think journey of self is a journey for life. Like you don't just stop. Like it's a continuous process of, you know, learning to love yourself, accept yourself and cement yourself in whatever it is you choose to be cemented in. I think you're right. And I think what I've seen is that we put a lot of emphasis in our culture. I can't speak on the world because I don't travel. (laughs) 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 That's how I've lived that life. But in this culture, especially, we put a lot of emphasis on things that aren't like the self part that we exercise is be happy but we don't have a vehicle to achieve that or like a benchmark for what that is. So sure. being happy is like a destination for people, but they don't even know what happiness looks like if you ask them. So what is it that you're striving for? I want to be happy. All right, what is happy? Well, you know, I don't know. But then how will you know if you get there if you don't know what it is? You're on this journey with no end game. 
And so that throw so that in and of itself is an issue, but also the people who are placed to coach you on how to be better in self, to build self-esteem are either parents or teachers. A lot of them aren't good in self. So they can, you, you can't teach what you don't know. You can't give what you don't have. So if you're not centered as my parent, as my teacher, as my pastor, rabbi, what have you, how can you give me something if you don't even know what it is yourself? You're still as fickle as what people say to you when you're 45. I'm 10. I'm like, hey, hold me down. <laughs> Teach me something. I'm 10, bro. Like, I got acne and stuff. I'm My voice is cracking. And you're like, no, nah, that's good. But, like, someone says something to you and you fly off the handle because you're not even good in your own space. So it's hacking the blind lead the blind. And that's what a lot of this is. And that's yep. why I feel like a lot of these keyboard warriors, the bullying, the chat room goons, like, com- goals, the, I like, the, like comment comment section assassins like they, I, that's what it is it's i don't have a good outlet no of one's course. taught me the way so let me get this off absolutely and it just it doesn't stop and it's crazy because you know i feel like i don't want to speak for everybody but i think you're lucky if you have parents that understand these things you know mm. um i can only speak for from my point of view and i mean my mom, I got the best mom in the world, hands down. Shout out, mama. Say hands um, down, okay. Mom competition. So going on in her life that she never had the chance to, you know, raising three kids on her own, she never had the chance to look inside and to deal with herself. And so a lot of the things, even though she showed me unconditional love and a main reason why I am the way that I am today is because of her, there were still some things that she, like, continuously asked for my forgiveness for, like, not knowing and I got to constantly remind her, like, how could you have done better? You didn't know better. Like, you know, you're only doing the best that you can. And I think it's important for parents to understand that, like, you're doing the best that you can. There's no rule book to this shit. You just kind of got to move a certain way and try to try to finesse your situation to understand how to find balance. And I think even not being a parent, just being a regular human being going through life, especially in our younger ages, you know, 20s, 30s, when you're like finding yourself and discovering yourself and what you want to do and who you want to be. um, It's definitely important to kind of guide yourself if you need to, you know, sometimes you got to be your own hero. Like most times you got to be your own hero at the end of the day. This is something I didn't realize until like now, <laughs> since I get older, is, is, is that like the difference between you being a parent and you not being a parent is like a day. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like objectively, it's like, yeah, you prepped for the nine months or whatever. But like, until you have a kid, you don't have a kid. Of course. And so the idea that you go from not having a child to the day you have one, having all the answers doesn't make sense. That's just like never having a job. And then now you get, you've been hired. You don't know everything about that job. You just got it. (laughs) You just got it. You just walked in the door. It's like, Hey, where's the bathroom? Where's, Mm -hmm. where's, where's my smock? Where's my hat? Like whatever the job is, we have to train you and how to do that. And there's plenty of books you ask your parents. So I guess our grandparents or whatever, and maybe friends who have kids, you start peeling off knowledge from people, but what works for them may not work for you. The books are, a collection of studies, but doesn't mean your kid may just be the outlier. Nothing's universal. So they can say you should give you, let your kid cry for five minutes before you come in the room. But your kid might just be like, yo, 
if you don't get here in 20 seconds, <laughs> I'm crying this house down. You may like, you don't know that until you're in the situation you can't predict how you're going to react because yeah. there's hormones and there's a lot of stuff going on. So as kids, we don't understand what parents go through because we don't get it. And I don't, we don't understand they're us, but they have more responsibility. Of course. And they don't always have the right blueprint to follow. About the hardest job in the world. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So I think it's, you know, um, if you're lucky enough to have good parents in your life that were at least able to, regardless of their traumas and regardless of, you know, some things that they might have projected on you, if you're lucky enough to have like just unconditional love and someone that was just there for you at that point, like once you get to a certain age, it's kind of on you to like maneuver through life and figure out these yeah. things. You know, because again, like nobody's gonna save you, unfortunately. Like, mm. that's a that's a you know what it is? that's a big deal. You said no one's gonna save you. I, I think because our first connection is with our parents generally, like whoever is there when we're kids, we attach so much to it that, yeah. like, we have this line of demarcation. Like at eighteen, you're an adult. You can vote. You can leave. Go to college. Whatever you want to do. But at eighteen, you're only a year removed from 17 where you can't do any of that stuff. Right. But yeah. we're really 17, 18 in and of itself is a day. It's 364 days and that 365, you're 18 now. But yeah. you don't feel any different. Like I, I remember turning 18 and not sleeping the night before. It was in yeah. bed just like, I'm going to be a man tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, I'm about to be a man. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I was like, what's my fit going to be for tomorrow? <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm waking up and eating an extra egg for breakfast because I feel like I can have it. Like, I'm a man now. Give me, throw that extra egg on that omelet real quick, fam. I'm 18. We don't, like, it's really, no, it's a minute. It's a couple hours. It's just, and then you're 18 now. And so the whole world sees you differently. If you do something illegal, now you're going to real jail. No more juvie. You can vote now. Like, people say, well, he's 18. Well, 18's old enough. You should know. 17? Ah, he's still a kid. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy. It's a, it's a big deal, Yeah, it is. It's kind of, I've never really, I don't know that I've dived into this kind of conversation, but it's true. I've never really thought about it. Um, but yeah, I feel like there's no real guidance on making that transition. You know, we don't, we're not taught these things in school on how to transition to being an adult, you know, whether it be learning about taxes or how to whatever, never. nutrition, how to cook your own food, grow your own food, all these things that can push kids forward into being adults and like learning how to adult because and did anybody teach you how to adult listen, <laughs> I, just, I just started doing me? stuff the first time <laughs> listen the first time i started cooking by myself it was, it was a rough one like yeah. it's, it's like, you're like now how do you boil water again like like because I, I think i boiled the pot down like the water started evaporating <laughs> I didn't know when to stop it. I was like, all right, like, is it hot enough? Like what's happening? I've, I've seen people go in the kitchen. I've seen food come out, but I never yeah. sat and watched the process. So I just assumed like once it hit his, his proper boiling temperature, I would just know what to do. Yeah. And then I'll put some pasta in there. And like, I had to put new water in there. I had burned the pot, put new water in, put the <laughs> pasta in. And I was like, all right, when is pasta done? <laughs> it says eight to seven to eight minutes. I'm like, I don't know. It still looks kind of crunchy to me. All right, I'll leave it in there for 10 minutes. And then I put it in there for like 12 and it came out super starchy. And I'm like, dude, this isn't good. 
And you had yeah. to just you had to just force it down because you made it. So you have to be like, no, it's pretty good. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I made it. It's good. It's all right. Put a little Parmesan and make it. Yeah, there we go. Like it's yeah, back in the day before all these recipes and yeah, all these tasty videos. I got everything like set up for you real quick. You but, just go. Yeah, just man. Go. I think um, you just gotta kind of. I don't. I don't think it should be this way in the sense where you have to learn how to maneuver through life mm-hmm. for yourself. I think we should have um, more outlets and more guidance and like. You know, those are solutions that, you know, I think are important to talk about. Not that I have all of them because I definitely don't, but right. I think it would help kids 18 to 21 in that age where you're like in a weird place in life where you're like, you're still a kid, but you're not treated like one at all. And if we had maybe some kind of like, I don't know, just course that would kind of like guide people to what they should be focusing on how to deal with growing up, how to deal with emotions, how to deal with relationships and toxic relationships and all the shit that's important. (laughs) There's, listen, there are probably courses that exist, but it's like, it's far, it's few and far between. Exactly, yeah. And There are, there are, there definitely are. And between 18 and 21, you don't even know that you need those courses. That's the issue. You don't know you need them until you're 25. But yeah. you should have learned a lesson at 19. <laughs> Last six years well, later, you're like, you know everything when you're 18. <laughs> Damn, I should have learned that in high school. Like, but now it was too late. Yeah. I learned I learned probably the most valuable lesson about my own, I'll say self-worth, because I think that's probably the biggest term for it, around 21. I had a major league crush on this girl. Major league. I'm talking like I was like, whatever. I mean, I, I, I may, I may, I may have written a song. I'm not a, a, I'm not a singer or a rapper. I may have written a song. I'm trying to, trying to rhyme that name in the hook. I'm like, what rhymes with this name? <laughs> like failing miserably. Um, yeah, she also didn't have a name that was easy to rhyme. That's neither here nor there. But I remember liking her for a long time, and I kind of, I was playing, I was slow playing it for a long time, and then I finally made a move, and she was like, hey, I'm sorry, like. If I led you on for the last like year, my bad, but let's just be friends. And I was like, nah, it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. I mean, I'll still be friends, but like, so I kept being friends, but really like I was playing a game of if she's around me more, how could she not like me? I'm hilarious. Sex symbol. Great dude. It's <laughs> like, what's not to like? And so I kept playing it. And then like, maybe at like the year and a half mark, I made like a secondary move and it was just like, nah. And then, like, one of my boys is like, you've been chasing this girl for 18 months, dude. Like, what are you doing? And they told me this at 12 months, six months, too, like, to their credit. It wasn't just, like, me sitting there. I was stiff-arming them. They're like, leave that girl alone. Nah, son, I love her. And <laughs> after 18 months, I was like, what am I chasing? Like, she, she keeps choosing other people that aren't me. And I'm just waiting on the, like, periphery. Like, maybe she'll see down this diamond in the rough. But then like, I was like, if I'm really this diamond, you don't have to wait for, 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 for people to see it. People see diamonds because they see it. A diamond shines because it's what it is. And I was like, if I think I'm really a diamond, then I can't keep waiting for people to see it. And then it took 18 months of failure of me like lurking in the shadows. Like, she went, I'm so mad at him. Oh, word. Let's, let's talk about it. Like I was, <laughs> I was that dude on the phones at three in the morning. I don't feel good about oh, this now. In the zone. I was, I was like three in the morning, like, forget sleep. I'm here, baby. What you need? You need a shoulder? 
got a two piece. Come get it. And, and I did all that stuff. And at 18 months, I was like, I'm not going to put myself in this situation going forward. Like, I'll make my intentions know, hey, I like you, let's yada yada. If it yeah. doesn't go that way and you don't see me for what I think I am, that's got to be a non negotiable for me. Where sure. if people don't see me for where I am, I got to be out for my own sake. Absolutely. I got to do it. And yeah, like I mean, said, it's about self worth and, and understanding that for yourself. And you needed to go through that in order to figure it out. And I could have stopped at 12. You did it. had plenty of off ramps. I kept driving past them. <laughs> it's like off ramp. Nope. It's like my car's like, no, we're not doing that this time. Like I was actively keeping that car on the road to not get on off ramp. Crazy man, but you gotta learn. You gotta learn that shit for yourself. Like my homie, my best friend tells me all the time. Um, there's there's just some things you can't tell people. Like they just gotta go through it. They gotta yeah. learn for themselves. They gotta make the mistakes because if not, you're just kind of enabling and you're not allowing them to see it for themselves, which is when it's most powerful, really. It's unfortunate, but that's the case. Like you gotta, because yep. heartbreak lasts a long time. Just like, for some reason, those emotions tend to last longer than the good ones. Like we see good right. emotions as something fleeting. Like, hey, like you started a business, awesome. But then like yeah. that negative five-year-old toxic relationship has a reoccurring thing. It's almost like embedded within like the fabric of your brain and the good memories are just like a drive-by. It's like, hey, good stuff, bye. Yeah. Hey, another good one. It's like, where are these good moments going? Can y'all come get this? Can y'all evict this bad moment? This and it's just like yeah, the bad man. one is just there, just like on the couch, unemployed, eating Cheetos, just taking up space. And the good memories are like, hey, we can't drop some good food off. We're gonna leave though. And it's like, you can stay though. It's wild. It's almost like a defense mechanism. I feel like I read this at one point about uh, psychology and how our brains kind of tend to look for the negative to like protect ourselves. So I wonder if maybe that's why. I don't know. It makes it's sense. Like remember this, so it don't happen again. <laughs> remember that stove? Like, oh yep. yeah, I remember. you look at your hand. You got that <laughs> that burn mark. Yeah, I remember. Yep. But that. But here's the thing. But we we're hard headed in this country. Again, I don't travel, but in this country we're hard headed, and so we'll make the same mistake multiple times because we didn't learn a lesson. You think you would have learned it already? But you think. You, 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 would, you would think it's like, if it's not a credit card, you're like, I'm never getting in debt again. And they're saying, you know, you'd be like, swipe, swipe, swipe. And then they that bill come in. You're like, who bill is this? It's like, this is yours. <laughs> it was you who ran this cost up. Like, oh, God. Now you're in debt again. It's like, I'm not going to risk this much for this person. I like, and then you risk it all. And then they didn't feel the same way. You're sitting there like, how did I get back in this situation again? And it's sure. some lessons you got to keep learning. And that's, that sucks when it's the second or third time you've been taught the lesson and you still didn't get it. You're like, I think it's like kind of like almost your false self repeating mistakes because your true self knows, you know, after that first time you hmm. shouldn't like your gut knows like, Oh, shouldn't do this again. But then that false self kicks in. <laughs> you die back in. No, you want to. <laughs> it's wild, man. It's, it's not easy to maneuver in general. It's 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 a it's an interesting situation. Like it's sure. what you what you hope is that you learn most of the lessons the first time. Yeah. That's that's the hope. Cause no one's perfect, no one's infallible, whatever. You just hope that you get the real ones early and you make the little ones. Like I've trusted people, maybe I shouldn't have trusted. Cause sure. I I'll extend them like some courtesy, whatever. I thought like maybe they're in a, a rough situation. 
And then maybe a year, two years later, I feel like they turn on me and are ungrateful for whatever I gave. And I'm not the type, I'm not a scoreboard dude. Like, remember that time I, I gave you lunch yeah. or you didn't have food? But it is like, I've been good in our dynamic for this period of time. And then on a dime, you flip it. And now I'm sitting here like, wait, am I the bad guy here? Like, wait a minute. Like, but how am I in this situation again? Because the idea, and I remember this when I was in school to, to be a therapist, they gave you, they gave you tracks. You can be addiction. You can be family counseling. You can be marriage, whatever. And I didn't want to do addiction because my thought was I can do everything right and it'll still go wrong. And that's like, that's a, that's a hard thing to, to kind of manage. But the idea that maybe you save one addict out of 10 would be a really big win, but does that outweigh the nine that you lose? And I was, and I, and I try to do the math in my head. I didn't think it would work out because most people just like people who get in and out of jail, the recidivism rate is super high to go back. Most people who are addicts go back to drugs. It's just what they do. But that one person that's like 30 years sober telling their story, Ted talk, that's like, yeah. But then it's seven or eight people on skid row. And it's like, and I didn't think emotionally I could handle for sure. that too. It's a and battle so, of perspective, you know, cause you, you, you've used both of them. It's like, okay, I could view it as like, damn, this is a win. I got one person, you know, to see their full potential and let all that shit go. And, or you could look at it like, ah, oh, nah, I didn't, you know, I batted one for 10. Like <laughs> that's a horrible <laughs> batting average. You're going yeah, back to the minors. Horrible. Get out. You can't play. But <laughs> yeah, it's, out of 10. it's hard, man. And I battle it. I battle with it all the time. Just like trying to flip perspective because you can do it in every situation. You can look at it two different ways and there's always a positive way and there's always a negative way. But I think, going back to being cemented in self, you, you got to know yourself and what you're ready for emotionally, mentally, and all of that. It's yeah. I think that's, it always has to come back to a center. And yeah. so I've had this talks with my, my boys since they know me in college, I'm super picky about who I date. Okay. Very picky, not as picky about who I go on dates with, but like who's right. like my Long girl. Time. I'm yeah. very like, I'm like, Hey, that this, it's a lot. I got some stuff. I got stuff to work on. <laughs> <laughs> but they, but I made the decision like probably like freshman, sophomore year in college, I'm going to be picky about who I date, but that means I'm going to be single a lot because I'm being picky, right? That's just the math of that. Right. So I had to be okay with the fact that I may not have a girl for a year or two. I'm going to go on dates. I'm going to like, you know, do what I do, but sure. the, the, to have that person, there's going to be few and far between if you're picky about it. And if I couldn't reconcile that point at 18, 19, then it would have been an issue at 25, 26. So I've never been the type to try to rush into anything because yeah. I'm looking for something rare and kind of special. Of that is rare and special, which means it's, it's infrequent. So I had to, that's a, I'm actually happy. That's one lesson that stayed from the teenage years, like 18, 19. I was like, listen, I know a lot of people in bad relationships, a lot yeah. of people who settled, a lot of people who are just, not who just don't want to be alone. A lot yeah. of people just don't want to be alone. Yeah, man, said, people are afraid of themselves. It's one of the scariest things in the world. People who just jump from, they just never spend more than a week by themselves because they just can't sure. handle it. And yeah. I said, I don't want to be a, a jumper. I don't want to be, <laughs> <laughs> the jumpers are scary. Did you just have a boyfriend? Nah, that didn't work out. I got a new one though. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to be a jumper, but I don't want to be someone who's with somebody and you're just miserable the whole time. But For now sure. you're just like, well, I'm, I'm going to leave. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd rather be solo 
than in a and in that situation. Absolutely. So yeah, you but it has it, it comes back to self though. What's your self view? What's your non-negotiable? My non-negotiable is I don't want to be with a girlfriend that I'm only like all right about. That doesn't make sense. Why would I? Why would I do that? Why would I take my? If I'm a diamond, because I got to go back to the diamond thing. I'm valuable. Why would I just let a homeless dude throw me around the air? Like put me in a ring and put me on somebody's thing. Like I'm supposed to be special. Like why would you just settle for somebody who you don't really whatever for? That devalues you, and it's not good for them. I agree 100%. And I feel like the best relationships almost help you or like force you to love yourself. When you're mm. with someone who's like meant for you and right for you and like constantly reminds you of your self-worth, it allows you to like realize it for yourself. Because sometimes we need, you know, we just need to hear that shit. Especially if you're in the chat, the chat section. Yeah. <laughs> you forget all your good qualities. You suck at life. I'm like, do I? Like, I've done a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Watch ever put any of my good accomplishments in the chat room. Why y'all just come at me with my worst highlights? Remember that one time you wore those Mitch Mac socks? I'm like, yeah, but I wore good socks for like three straight months. Yeah. Uh, y'all forgot about my, my cool sock game? Remember when I had the Rick and Morty socks? Y'all didn't give me credit for those? <laughs> it's always. It's always. All right. So let, let's get into your hard transition. Let's get into your company because I'm wearing a shirt. We represent an opening and we did a 30 minute sidetrack that had nothing to do with your company <laughs> so now <laughs> let's, let's try to bring it back towards this um how'd you get started how's it going sure. what's your philosophy for it um well basically um well i met you at equinox when i started my personal training uh career uh yeah. shout out um at the time i was kind of in a weird place i had done sports medicine in, in college but i didn't really feel like it was for me like I did a graduate assistantship and it just, it just wasn't for me. So I ventured out, did personal training and um, I did it for a while. I was, I was good at it. Um, I really enjoyed helping people. I feel like I had a good understanding of the body and then going to Equinox really cemented my education and my understanding of movement. And um, it's something that I never really had before, even though I was an athlete my whole life. Yeah. I didn't really understand movement in the way that I was able to. Um, and then I ended up doing my own thing. I had my own personal training business. Everything was great. Um, it was, you know, financially successful, but I just wasn't fulfilled. Like, mm. I just wasn't fulfilling me. Maybe, I don't know if it's because I was doing it on my own and I didn't have like that, that team, you know, um, atmosphere or what it was because I did love my clients. I loved making them happy. I loved helping them, but there was just something that it just wasn't fulfilling. Like I was at a point in my life where I think I was at that age, I was like 25, 26. And um, I just wasn't really sure of what I wanted from life. And I felt something pulling me away from Miami, just something for like a few years, something was just pulling me out of there. Like, yo, you need to get out of here. Um, and then, um, had a couple rough years. My grandma died suddenly. It was really rough. Had a couple rough patches. I had some major life changes. And at the time, my best friend, um, she was out in, um, in the Northeast doing her thing. And she's like, well, I kind of need some help. And I was at a point where I wanted to get out. I had lost like six clients in seven months due to like 
I got a job. I'm going over here. My mom is dying. I got to go take care of her. Like on some just really looking back now in, in retrospect, I think it was just the universe pushing me where I needed to go without knowing it. Because at the time I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> you know, like, uh, I need money. I need money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think the universe kind of like pushed me out here. My best friend needed help. She is, I mean, incredible at what she does to get into it. The Green Alchemist is a medical marijuana craft cannabis company. Um, and kudos to her. She's incredible. Like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, yo, how the how do you know that like it's it's incredible for real the knowledge that she has she's been doing this for 15 years um it's been her dream to to be where we're at now which i'll get into in a bit um and to kind of be by her side and help her achieve her dreams has been honestly the best decision i've ever made because that's awesome not only has it allowed me to help someone else reach their dreams but it's allowed me to kind of get away from the toxicity that Miami can be at times. I remember. And yeah, <laughs> and it allowed me to really like deal with my shit and dive into self and learn to like love myself and forgive myself and accept myself and all these different things. Um, so I'm super grateful for the fact that she was able to pull me out here. And that was um, two years ago. So we've been here for two years and the beginning was crazy. Like we were so broke. <laughs> I didn't even know what we were going to do. We had like $1,000 uh, electricity bill and we had like no money eating pasta for like a week straight, <laughs> like grinding it out rough, man. But she's, she's a go-getter and I had no doubt that she was going to figure some shit out. And once that first pin moved, everything just kind of started moving. And um, over the past two years, we've been able to network within the state and push our, our product throughout the state. And we've become one of the most well-known growers in the state. Mm -hmm. um, and finally, after two years, we were able to open up our storefront. So that's where we're at now. We just opened uh, a month ago, I wanna say, it was June 3rd. It was gonna be March 3rd, but then <laughs> COVID, everything happened. COVID was like even though it's funny because we were an essential business, um, <clears throat> medical marijuana was an essential business, but it kind of just, it was just a weird time to like open up a store. Yeah. So everything kind of worked out, I think, perfectly because it allowed us time to like get ready um, for the opening and to have ourselves be, I guess, cemented in what we really wanted to bring to the area, which is just organic craft cannabis medicine you know we pride ourselves on not using any garbage no pesticides insecticides everything is organic we try to make it how it should be which is medicine and it's crazy you know every day you kind of do the same shit and nothing changes and then you look back and it's like yo look at everything we've been able to do so it's pretty crazy but what's the what's what's the vision for it because i know what you're talking about is kind of like the compound effect coming into real life where you do the work, the work, the work, the work, yeah. and you don't see the results of it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're the results, but they yep. come, they don't come immediately. It's like, they just manifest. So now that you're starting to see, I guess, the plants grow since we're in that field right now. Honey. What are you, <laughs> you, see, you see what I did there? <laughs> where are you, what's your goal 
what's your next like benchmark? Because I know there's like an ultimate goal, I'm sure, maybe to open multiple stores, whatever. But like, right. what's your immediate next steps going forward? Um, I think I'll speak for her for a second um, because this has been her dream for like 15 years to like have a store. Mm-hmm. So now that the store is finally here, I think um, it's hard for her to take a breath. She's just one of those people that can't stop. Like she just got to keep working. Puff daddy. Puff daddy for real. <laughs> um, so I think now that the store is finally open, she's allowing herself to like think about what the next move is. Cause really it's, it's, it's mostly her company. And I mean, I do help a lot, 100%, but um, I kind of just play the role that she needs me to play, which is mm. just, help her out in any aspect. I do work at the store. I obviously help her in the garden and stuff like that. Um, but ultimately for me personally would be to have my own grow, um, you know, maybe supervised by her at first. Cause even yeah. though I've been here for two years, like there's still so much to learn. It's incredible. Um, so for me personally, I think the next step would be to have my own grow, um, still being affiliated with her, obviously it's, just being like an extension to what we already have um and i think yeah i think she would love to open more stores and just kind of like franchise out and and still maintain the quality control because i think that's the biggest thing yeah that's where it gets hard with like mass production it's like you lose the quality of it you know we have a very small grow it's very boutique we're both in there we have eyes on everything we're able to kind of control everything in a setting where as you have a massive warehouse it's it's hard to kind of keep that quality so i think um right now we're really just trying to push the store and just <clears throat> get the community involved we're noticing like so many people from the area coming and just being so happy that we're bringing good quality product to the area so i think our biggest focus right now is just getting the store to keep growing and then again, expanding to having more grows where we can be able to produce more product. Because essentially, the biggest issue has always been that we don't have enough, which I guess is a good issue, but it's one we need to fix. <laughs> well, listen, that's why you keep pushing forward. So, yeah. so you got the Green Alchemist going, and now you're in your music bag. So yeah. what is it? When can we expect some music? What is it going to be EPLP? It's gonna be like a visual, like, let's get it like how, how deep are you in the music bag? Are you just getting back into it? Or are you like, yo, project's sure. dropping in 2020. <laughs> Look out um, for your girl. That'd be dope. Um, <laughs> okay. Little no backstory, I've been wanting to do music. I flirted with the idea of actually doing it. I would probably say like in the last five years, I think I've always known it <clears throat> in the back of my mind that it was something that was a passion of mine. I mean, I've been a hip hop head since I was like, I had an older brother who would always listen to like Eminem. And so I would literally like listen to it, pause it, write it down, listen to it, pause it, write it down. So I had the whole shit written out, memorize every song. I was wild. Good, just downloaded that. They had the lyrics. (laughs) I fell in love love with word at a really young age. And um, I've been writing ever since, probably since I was like, 10 or 12 you know those years are blurry um somewhere around there and um I was always reserved about it um 
I think maybe it has a lot to do with self-worth and self-acceptance and you know you keep shit to yourself because you're afraid of what others might think about it and it's like it's like almost sacred to you it's like don't say anything about it because I love it so if you're gonna say some shit about it it's gonna change the way it's like a backwards way of thinking it's my art Mm -hmm. don't look at my art don't look at it exactly man so I struggled with that for a while I wrote for like 15 years and never really never really showed much of it um and as I've the past couple of years allowed myself to to dive into self and to really dig deep as to like what I want for myself writing and music was always coming up so Mm. I decided to finally make an Instagram page and release like some of my writings um poetry lyrics it's more written in like a flow to be wrapped um so I don't know what you would call it really but um, I did that, and then um, randomly, this guy I met off of uh, some networking uh, company, um, he hit me up, and he's like, yo, you want to do a feature? Ooh. And I'm like, what? I'm never, I've never even made a song before, bro. <laughs> and it was crazy because I accepted right away. He sent me the beat, and it just, I don't know, bro, it just came out naturally. Like, I think... Him and I collaborated. Obviously, he's he's uh, he's elsewhere, so we did it virtually. But I think we finished the song in like two days. Oh wow! Yeah, so it's a. Uh, I have a feature coming out. We don't have a date yet, but I'm assuming it's probably in the next two weeks or so. So I'll have a little feature. It'll be my first song ever that I ever recorded. And right now, I'm currently working on just. I think just finding my sound. I'm not really. I don't know, man. I'm so cemented in self that, like, I don't really care. Like, I'm not doing this for fame or clout. Like, I don't Mm. want any of that shit. I'm doing this because this is an itch I needed to scratch. It's therapy for me. Um, And if someone connects to it and relates to it and it helps them out, then that's just a bonus, you know? So right now, I'm just, yeah, just trying to find my sound. I have a bunch of beats that that I leased. I got a bunch of beat packs that I've been, like, rapping over and I'm just gonna put shit out. Just start dropping singles and just get traction going and really just put in the hours and try to find my sound more than anything. But yeah, yeah this is this is the beginning. Oh boy. Listen the very beginning. Art is such a, a fickle industry yep. and all of it. It's the I the idea of making it big, I'm using that term loosely, yeah. is hard and it's very few people. Mm-hmm. But ultimately even if you're not as big as the person you probably wanted to be and whatever it is, yeah. if you have any group of people who follow it and mess with it, like sometimes having a small loyal base is better than having a lot of people 100%. mess with you. It's like if you, like if, I, like if I did a comedy show and I sold merchandise, I'd rather have a hundred people at my show and 50 buy merchandise than have a show of 500 and like 20 people buy stuff. Like yeah, yeah 500 people is crazy to perform in front of, but yep. I want people that's like, it's like, like, like we talk J. Cole. J. Cole's dropping a shoe tomorrow. And yeah. I never buy, like, shoes and stuff. I'm like, listen. They fly. <laughs> like, I might have to get these shoes because I'm, I'm a fan. And I'm like, and he's doing what Master P was talking about on the um, Everyday Struggle about rap is going to retire you at some point. But if you don't have a fan to pivot to, what 50 Cent, what Jay-Z, these kind of guys did, then you're just going to be an old rapper. You got to be able to pivot into another business because this doesn't last forever. That's yep. why you build a brand and then you sell 
that brand. You slap OVO on stuff. You slap Maybach music on whatever. Like, it's not just the music. Because at a certain point, like, I haven't liked the 50 Cent song in 10 years. But he's got two or three shows. He's got movies. He's got, like, he's like, I'm, do, I'm doing other stuff. Yeah, people yep. know me as a rapper. But even, like, the T.I. and Ludacris type people, like, they, they were beefing and making movies at the same time. For sure. I've been for real. And then being like, yeah, I'm still going to do movies. I'm still going to do guest appearances because it can't just be this kid Cuddy started acting. Like, it's like, you got to have something else to tap Absolutely. into. And so yeah. he has his company, Dreamville, obviously, but it's like the idea, his merchandise sells well, but I think the shoe is the next step. It's like, people spend 250 300 for a pair of shoes, easy. And for if sure. they mess with you and the shoes will fly. 100%. Like, why wouldn't they? Like, I, bought, I bought some S-Dots back in the day. I had some Sean Carter's. I'm not proud. Of it. I did it. I did it. I was like, listen, I'm about to be whole for the day. I was walking around like, what's up, y'all? Y'all good? <laughs> Sorry, my S dots just has they slow me down a little bit. It's just it's a smart play. So I feel wherever you. wherever your music goes, just like this podcast or hopefully my comedy, wherever that goes, if the people who mess with it mess with it heavy, then there's something beautiful about yeah. that. And if it blows, then that's like, whoa. Yeah, it's a bonus, man. I'm not really looking for that um it's just more of like a self-fulfillment and like for once taking the time to do something for myself like it's so easy to do things for other people and it's so hard to do things for self so i think for me the journey is just starting out with just self-fulfillment and just trying to fulfill that itch that i've been needing to scratch for a long ass time and whatever comes of it comes of it but i i think i have an understanding of I feel like people get caught up in what they do, becoming who they are, and that's not true. It's a part of you, it's an extension of you, but what you do isn't necessarily who you are. So being able to branch out and do other things, right. you know what I'm saying? Like when you have that understanding, it allows you to branch out and do other things because you realize that you can do anything. Like you're not just, you know, Chris the trainer or Chris the comedian. <laughs> You're fucking good and you're capable. Podcaster. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so it all comes back to the same thing, man. Self. It really does. It's like we mentioned, I don't know what pot it was, because we've been doing these at an alarming clip because the fans want it. And we talked. Yeah, get the people what they want. All right. But we talked about being more than what your your job description is. Yeah. Because that's what that's what branding was supposed to be before it got kind of bastardized by social media where everything is a brand, every person, whatever. It got a lot of control. But the idea of a brand is really, you're not buying what I'm doing, you're buying me. And so whatever I do, you'll mess with. That's what I think the idea is supposed to come from. So the reason you would have a celebrity endorser for politics is because they have a following because of their music or because they're acting. And so you would think that the following will follow their opinion. If your brand is something that people mess with, like if you have a personality, your your personality could be a brand. Even if people think, oh, you're not a good actress, but you do well in movies, want to keep casting you for stuff. Hey, do you want to host this? Because you were doing so well there. Hey, do you want to, you know, voice over this? Like, and you just, and you just go. And the people who mess with you are going to mess with you because they mess with you. It's like, sure. there are many entertainers who... I think they do a lot of stuff. I'm like, they're only really good at maybe one or two things. My battery's dying. Wait, I got it. Um, boom. But just their person that they just, they take their person wherever they go. 
I didn't know podcasting before this. I've been a comedian. That's what I was. Um, I done some a little bit of acting, whatever. But I take Chris, whatever this package is, everywhere. So the pod is an extension of what I am. The acting is, the writing is, stand up is. And listen, I made a couple songs in my day. Not bragging, you know. <laughs> not bragging, you know what I'm saying? Got like four listens on SoundCloud for for real loyal listens. But <laughs> they they listen to a lot. It's like, yo, it's the same four people. But it's just I'm gonna take it wherever it is. I don't know what's gonna stick. Sometimes we do episodes of this that I think are like the greatest episode ever, and we get like 30 listens, and I'll do one. I'm like, oh, I wasn't that good, and they'll get yeah. 75, and I'm like, all right, don't know how that worked, but it yeah. did. And so you just do it's, it. It's weird, man. The psychology of like the masses and how they take in information, whatever it may be. It's kind of it's hard because it's you know it's it's your art and you feel a certain way about it, but art is it's different for everybody and they're allowed to interpret it the way they want to. So something you might see as gold, they see as trash. And then you look at something, you're like, that's garbage. And they're like, yo, that's the best shit you've ever done. Like what? I've had people tell me that. Like, yo, that's the best joke you ever told. I'm like, have you heard my other material? Because now I feel like you're insulting me. I feel like you're coming at me right now because the other jokes I did was way better than the one you deserve. Yeah. But sometimes people are just in a certain mood. I think that, I mean, music's the biggest indicator of this. Like, if you're in a mood and a song speaks to the mood you're in, that could, it could, this song could be objectively not a great song. Maybe the lyrics right. are trash, whatever. But if you're in that space and the song is here, to yeah. you, that's the greatest. And it's like, you can't tell me this ain't the song of the summer. You can't tell me that because this song and me are like here. You yep. know my life perfectly. You never met me before. Yep. I don't care it's, what Drake put out. <laughs> it's wild. I never really kind of knew that perspective. Um, I mean, I'm very new to this as being an artist or a creator rather. But um, yeah, you do see a lot of just backlash because at the end of the day it, it is art and it's it's open to interpretation and i feel like all aspects of art whether it be comedy theater acting music painting drawing sculpture whatever it is um i think what matters is how you feel about it yeah you know and if people mess with it then they mess with it and there are people who are gonna mess with it it's just the way that it goes just stay out the chat rooms there's 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 one quote by Shel Silverstein that's like my favorite, and it's my work is good. That's why that's why I put it out. Like I think my work is good, so yeah. I put it out. What what how you feel about it is how you feel about it, but right. I think my work is good. So because yeah. I went like just like if this pie went horribly wrong, let's say for some reason the connection got all fuzzy, or you started like going off about something that I just can't endorse, I'd be like, hey, this has been cool. I actually just realized I got to go do my taxes again. <laughs> like, I'm getting you the hell out of here. Get off. But I feel like there's there's always some part of it that's valuable. I've had pods where maybe for 30 minutes of the pod, I think it's unusable, basically. But there'll sure. be 20 minutes that I think is gold. And if that 20 minutes of gold can hit a couple people, that makes the whole podcast worthy. It's like, if, if, if like let's say part of your day was bad. You woke up late. You missed, you know, opening the store, whatever, whatever. But then a client, a client came in and spent a bunch of money. That's the high point. You almost don't even, you disregard the fact you woke up late, maybe you missed some early yeah. morning customers, whatever. It's like, hey, man, that high point good outweighs, in this respect, the bad. 
So if there's five to 10 minutes, there's maybe one really deep point that somebody gets into that I think people need to hear. Yeah. And that makes the whole podcast worth it. And I think that's a journey. It took me some time to kind of get to where I was like, if it wasn't like, if I didn't ask the right questions, if I felt like I wasn't digging in or maybe like, you know, they gave me a good, like a layup and I didn't dunk it. Like, like, here you go, Chris, like alley-oop. And I was like, no, thank you. You shoot it. It's like, (laughs) no, man, take that again. You just... There's some guy towel days. No towel. They, they stole my towel after that. I saw they, they people send me videos of them shooting towels. I'm like, yeah, bro, that's me. He's a legend, man. Listen, for those of you who don't know what's going on, uh, at Equinox, I would finish training my clients. We would stretch them out and we would use towels to stretch them out with. And when it was all said and done, my clients and I would take the towels and roll them up and we'll shoot. What had to be almost a 15, 20 foot jump shot? Yeah, way out of range. It was out of range. But the towels aren't meant to be shot the distance they were in the hole they were being shot in was like, whatever. But for some reason, they allowed me to do this. I'm pretty sure it was against the rules. Not really that important now. <laughs> I definitely was against the rules. So I would, I started doing it with a couple of clients and other people would be like, what are you guys doing? Shooting towels. And then all my clients got on board with it. None of them were like, I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm not doing that. They were like, give me that towel. And they got, they got real competitive about it. Most of them were horrible. I missed, I'm not gonna lie, three out of four, you know? Oh, listen, you made a lot of them. Nah, listen, I, I shot I got wet. Hey, and when I made them for real, you couldn't tell me nothing for that oh, day. Oh, ran around the whole gym, bro. <laughs> tell me nothing. And Martin's the biggest hater. He's like, you know, that's not real basketball. Like, don't matter. Jordan, <laughs> like, I would literally run around the gym and the members would laugh because they're like, this guy is, 25 he needs to grow up but also yeah. we love the energy because that's exactly. that's me yeah and that's what resonates with people man when you're just being yeah. your true self it doesn't like shooting stuff in like yeah, you walk out the dumpster you, you ball up a paper you just All everybody day. likes doing it i just took it i to make the life level. decisions on that shit sometimes this goes yeah. in yeah <laughs> it's like like i did that i got a couple girls to um well whatever <laughs> they basically said, if I make this shot, it's like, you're not going to make it a word. Back, well, my, I turned, I, my, my confidence went to a new level. I'm not going to make it. Elbow was in tight, flip at the wrist. It's like, it was like, that's a good shot. So you coming to the comedy show? I guess I'll be there. And I'm just like. We're going to wrap. Where can people find you? on your for your company page for your your own social page like where can people find you to follow your journey um, the company you can find us on instagram at the green alchemist co um you can also find our website which is on the link in the bio of the instagram but it's uh, www.thegreenalchemistco.com um for my personal page it's Reese with three y's so r-e-e-s-e so many y's they didn't have it, man. Um, a lot of Reese's out there. You I guess. Change your name. You gotta get something else. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Reese Y uh, three Y's underscore nine and um, seated thoughts is my um, I guess poetry page, word page, whatever you want to call it. Gotcha. Do you have anything else you want to give out to the people before we wrap this up? Like any um, parting wisdoms other than my jump shot being wet. Uh, shout out to you. I appreciate you. I think um, having conversations are, are important, um, especially conversations about self and um, 
you know, we didn't get to dive into like deeper topics like social justice and all the things that are we've been doing that. Yeah, yeah, we can we can be on here forever. But exactly, um, <laughs> um, I commend you for doing this and putting yourself out there and, and having these conversations because I know it's not always easy to do. Oh, that's rough and um, for the people, I think really just love yourselves, man. Learn to love yourselves. Go inside. Forget the outside noise. It doesn't matter what people think about you. I have a line. Uh, in one of my songs that's like uh word to the wise make some tea and make some tea and keep drinking what you think about me is none of my business and i think people should try to move that way just stay in your lane do you focus on yourself nurture your health uh learn about true health that's another thing we could talk about for hours um and yeah man just be easy after see that's that's a good wrap up the be easy at the end I like it. Use this nice little bow. Hey. Be water. Just be easy. That was awesome. Maurice, thank you for being here. For I sure. think everybody enjoyed you. To the people out there, thank you for listening as always. We just hit our, had our 100th episode. Super happy about that. Congrats, 5,000 plus listens. We're pushing forward. All right. Thanks. And we're going to keep giving y'all content. Tell your friends, share, repost, all that good stuff. Hit the YouTube page to see the video of all this so you can see because I think that the mannerisms add to it. Sometimes they hear jokes, but you got to sure. see the joke yeah. to really appreciate it. Like, oh, I see what he was. I see what she was doing. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Check out the YouTube page on on Unofficial Therapy Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Deuces. Appreciate you, man. Take care. <laughs>